Today on Follow Friday, we're going to talk about himbos, bimbos, ice cream, frog bread, self-help, astrology, 30-something punks, dyeing your hair, cottagecore, and how to forage for wild mushrooms without accidentally killing yourself. That's in a minute with Morgan Sung from Mashable. But first, today's show is brought to you by the new and improved Twitter account for this podcast, which is at Follow Friday Pod. I was just talking with someone about the fact that I don't use this Twitter as much as I should, and there is no time like the present. I'm starting to retweet the best posts from the people you have heard on this show, as well as news about what they're working on and more. So if you use Twitter, go give us a follow at Follow Friday Pod. Today is a good day to meet some new friends. Hey. Everyone make a way. The show is a buffet of folks you should know. Hey. Let's have a swirl. Well, that's enough for a place. So now, right away, with no further delay. It's not a Friday. It's not a Friday. It's not a Friday. I'm Eric Johnson. Welcome to Follow Friday, a podcast about who you should follow online. Every week, I talk to creative people about who they follow and why. This is a guided tour to the best people on the internet, led by your favorite writers, podcasters, comedians, and more. You can support the show and get bonus episodes for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash follow Friday. Today on the show is Morgan Sung, an award-winning reporter who writes about internet culture for Mashable. She has covered everything from TikTok trends to online dating to niche internet communities. You can find Morgan on Twitter at Morgan underscore Sung and on Instagram at Morgan Sung. Morgan, welcome to Follow Friday. Hi, thanks for having me. So excited to, to meet you, to talk to you. I was introduced to your work from a previous guest on this show, Ryan Broderick from Garbage Day. He said he was very jealous of, of the stuff that you've written for Mashable, and he specifically mentioned something you wrote that he called the bimbo piece. So <laughs> for, for the uninitiated, uh, himbos, bimbos, what's the deal? What should we know? <laughs> okay, so bimbo, you know, started out as a pretty misogynistic term to describe women. And around last summer, people started sort of idealizing himbos, which are, you know, pretty much the same as bimbos, but, you know, they're like hot, they're kind of dumb, and they're really respectful, they love women, but ultimately it's like, they're just, you know, like hot, stupid men that you kind of just, you love, because they're like, oh, you're so endearing. And at, in the midst of all that, you know, a lot of women were like, how come we don't idealize bimbos the same way? You know, like, how come women are expected to have it all, like be powerful, be hot, be attractive, you know, and above all, be intelligent and almost contribute something to society intellectually. Whereas, you know, these men who are described as himbos were like, oh, look at you, you're so hot and dumb. Good work, keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Like Kronk from Emperor's New Groove, the perfect himbo. Mm -hmm. um, he just respects women. He's not smart. He definitely doesn't know how to read. But he loves baking. He loves sharing what he exactly. makes with people, you know? Is everything ready for tonight? Oh yeah, I thought we'd start off with soup and a light salad and then see how we feel after that. Not the dinner. You know. Oh, right. The poison. The poison for Cusco. The poison chosen specially to kill Cusco. Cusco's poison. That poison? Yes, that poison. Gotcha covered. Yeah, he just wants to cook and share his food. And in the midst of all that, you know, when we were like, hey, 
I want to be a bimbo, you know, like I'm tired of wanting to be accomplished. I'm tired of like girl boss culture. I don't want yeah. to give into this capitalist market and get nothing in return. I just want to be pretty and, you know, and not have to be expected to be intellectual all the time. Um, so I wrote about that trend and how, you know, it, it it's controversial, but at the same time, like a lot of feminist women were like, hey, I'm tired of this. I, I'm tired of needing to know everything all the time. And personally, that was something that really resonated with me as someone who's painfully online. <laughs> I think, <laughs> yeah, I think if you're going to be, have any sort of online presence or even just engage with online culture at all, you're kind of expected to be really on top of the discourse. You have to know everything at once. Like you, it's a lot of reading and sometimes I'm tired, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's find out who the painfully online Morgan song follows. <laughs> you can follow along with us today. Every person she recommends will be linked in the show notes and in the transcript at followfridaypodcast.com. It's Follow Friday. Morgan, before the show, I gave you a list of categories and I asked you to tell me four people you follow who fit in those categories. Your first pick is someone you're jealous of. And you said Bettina Macalental. She's a food and culture writer for Bon Appetit and previously wrote for Vice.com's food section Munchies. And she's on Twitter at Bettina Mac, which is spelled B-E-T-T-I-N-A-M-A-K. She's also on Instagram at Bettina with a U. And you said in your email that you're jealous of Bettina and that she also inspires you. So talk about her work. Why does it resonate so much with you? Yeah. So Bettina just writes, um, obviously, incredible food pieces, but also manages to really tie in, you know, aspects of like classism and race into those food pieces. She did this really beautiful piece about, you know, like why Asian, she writes a lot about Asian American culture. And as an Asian American person, I I'm always sort of like, man, I want to write about this, but I sometimes feel like it's too personal and I can't, you know, separate myself from that writing. So I really admire and I'm deeply jealous of anyone who can write pieces about race and culture and all that without getting almost too emotionally attached to your own writing. And I don't know if she does get too emotionally attached, but it's it just takes so much to write things like that and put it out in the world. And that's something I admire. She wrote this gorgeous piece on, you know, like, during the uh, Stop Asian Hate campaign, like, why are we pointing out, like, oh, like, if we didn't have Asian American people, we wouldn't have their food. Like, why is our culture so deeply linked to our food? And, like, our worth as humans so linked to our food. So I thought that right. was a gorgeous piece. Also deeply jealous inspired by her um, food pictures, which she always posts on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. I So good. Um, <laughs> right? Uh, it just all looks amazing. And every time I see something, I'm like, damn, I wish I could make that. And I think in I, I started like a new medication about two years ago that affects my appetite. So like food for me was always like, oh, God, something I have to eat now, you know, like, great. Here's some nutritional mush of some sort. Like, I'm just getting calories in. And whenever I see Bettina's things, I'm like, wow, that looks really good. That's something I actually want to eat, which is new for me. So inspired by that. And I don't know, all of it just looks amazing. Bettina, um, I really want to be your friend. <laughs> Hope that's not weird. Um, <laughs> okay, that's just one of my questions. So, so you, you haven't met her in real life. This is just an online, online, online. Yeah, we've just been, I mean, we've been Twitter mutuals for a bit, a bit and um Every time she posts food, I'm like, God, I, how do I befriend? I know you live across the country, but how do I befriend you? And like, 
go to one like uh, how do I go to a dinner party hosted by you and contribute like a store bought pie or something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, you know, what, what you were saying earlier about um, about you know speaking from her identity, applying that to food. Did you see the thing that she wrote about the craft mac and cheese ice cream? Um, I didn't read that piece specifically, but I did see a lot about the Kraft mac and cheese ice cream. What did she say in the piece? <laughs> she, she was talking about how there was all this like knee jerk kind of typical Twitter blowback as soon as it was announced. This was a thing like several months ago, I think. But it was like all these people being like, ew, gross, cheese ice cream, blah, blah, blah. And she was just like, in the Philippines, we've been making cheese ice cream for a long time. And you know what? It's amazing. So she, she, she was like, if you if you don't like this, you know, reflexively, you're you're wrong mm-hmm. it's probably good <laughs> yeah. yeah and i love that she can like take like something like a knee-jerk reaction like ew cheese ice cream and apply it to you know like critiquing the way people are maybe have internalized racism you know yeah i think that's fascinating yeah and so she's also written about um i was looking at her recent articles she wrote about pork rinds becoming a quote-unquote healthy snack, tinned fish becoming hot girl food. Are there any Mm -hmm. other specific things that she's written that you saw and you were a little jealous of just like, ah, she she beat me to it. She she got there first. Um, Okay, this is, so sometimes, you know, our beats overlap. I don't really write about food that often, but I do write about, you know, like internet culture and sort of like viral trends. And the internet way loves back, food. <laughs> internet loves food. And way back at the very start of the pandemic, she wrote this piece on frog bread. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I missed this one. It was like a TikTok trend for a while. And she wrote this just like fun piece about like, hey, look, everyone's making bread that's shaped like frogs. Um, basically, it's a loaf of bread that you add, you know, two smaller, I guess, chunks of dough to and then like add little eyes and it looks like a little squatting frog. It's so cute. Oh. And I just remember seeing that and being like, man, what a great piece. I wish I had like, I, I just wish I had caught that earlier on. I mean, I think it was the kind of thing where like, I saw a video of someone making frog bread like that morning, and then saw that she had published a piece of frog bread. And I was like, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> what a delightful Just a little piece bit ahead in. of the curve. Yeah. <laughs> right. And also just like such a delightful piece about the pandemic and everyone's love of baking. Not to say that, you know, it was, it was I wanted to look away from everything terrible that was happening, but it was just a nice reprieve, you know, like frog bread. Adorable. Yeah, I mean, I guess at the start of the pandemic, there was a big upsurge in people, you know, suddenly taking up bread baking of all kinds and stuff like that. Um, I certainly have, you know, gotten a lot more proficient at cooking all sorts of stuff at home. Like, what, what's been sort of the, just from the past, like, year, year and a half, like, what, you know, what's been the biggest change in your relationship with food, either what you're making, what you're eating, that sort of stuff? I guess for one, I started actually, like, writing down a meal plan every day. Or like for the week, because I, before this, was very much the kind of person who would kind of like go to the grocery store and be like, oh, I guess I'll make something like with this and I'll make something with this. And then I'd always have you Improvise, know, food waste yeah. and yeah. And like, or like I'd be hungry in the middle of the night and go to the fridge and be like, what can I make with like blueberries and bacon and like, you know, a bunch of orzo, <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sure someone brilliant can make something, but like before the pandemic, it was really like. I was just playing Chopped every day because I would just go to the grocery store with zero plan. (laughs) Um, And I guess what's really changed my relationship with food is just finally like being like, okay, this week I'm going to make these things and buy only the ingredients for these things 
And so I've just had a lot of less, a lot less food waste, a lot less, uh, you know, opening the fridge and sighing and kind of just like postmating something, you know, yeah. <laughs> many fewer uh, chaotic grocery trips for sure. Well, that's good. Happy to hear that. <laughs> that was Bettina Mackelental, who is on Twitter at Bettina Mac. It's Final Friday. Morgan, your next follow is someone you have a love-hate relationship with, and that's the Instagram account Affirmations. Their Instagram username is the word Affirmations, except it's spelled with three Fs. And looking at this account, uh, it's giving me flashbacks to one of the weirdest things ever mentioned on this show, the Horse Mafia. For any listeners who are not currently driving, it may be helpful to go to Instagram, uh, Affirmations with three Fs on Instagram, just to see what we're talking about. Uh, Morgan, do you want to take a stab at describing what a normal post on affirmations looks like? Yeah. So I guess it's almost like if you took one of those like self-care, aesthetically pleasing Instagram accounts that post like cutesy graphics, like don't forget to drink water today or you're doing the best you can. And that's great. Um, if it, It's like if you if this post was like personified and then fed like nothing but jewel pods and uh, monster <laughs> energy drinks for a year and like kind of kept in a dark room. Uh, it's like that. So everything is just very sort of chaotic, you know, very bright, a lot of neon colors, a lot of like strange word art. And it's all things like, um, let me read one, you know, things like I will not get symptoms after Googling disease or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like a stock image of someone in like sort of like Mr. Krabs meme, like, like in a sort of like dizzy state and it just says i am not feeling mysterious pains i, I am not acting <laughs> strangely at airport security you know yeah. uh and it's stuff like that um oh my cat is turning off my bella she managed to turn off my light anyway sorry <laughs> um, agent of chaos <laughs> she really is she, i think she she would probably love if she could read she would love this Instagram page. But I just love, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, I've definitely fallen prey to the whole like self-care trend, like self-care without actually doing any like self-care work trend. Um, and I feel like this, this page is just a much more realistic affirmation that everyone needs in life. You know, it's, it's not faking anything. It's all kind of funny and it's all very realistic, you know, like who hasn't, you know, Googled something or a mysterious pain and been like, oh my God, I have bone cancer or like, right. oh God, I have this mysterious like disease that only originates in the depths of a, of a rainforest, you know? like <laughs> When did I go to a rainforest? I forget, but I probably have this anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I know. And I, I did that, like not the rainforest, but like I, I did that exact thing last week after a hike when I had like a weird like bump on my leg. And I was like, Oh my God, it's a tick. I live in Southern California and there are no ticks here, but it's definitely a tick. And I think it was, it was just a bump on my leg. Like it went away the next day. So (laughs) yeah. And I just love that this page is like, I will, I do not have symptoms of a mysterious disease, you know? And it's just like that kind of love hate relationship because it's so real, you know, like things like I will not cry alone at 4am climate change (laughs) does not worsen my mental health. You know, I am vital to the group chat. It's kind of just taking all your insecurities and putting it in like neon font and being like, you're okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> so when I was looking at this account for the first time, this is just what I wrote down in my notes, was that it reminded me of spam, as in the meat product spam, because I'm like, there's lots of people who get a lot out of it. I, I Lots of people who find it to be a delicacy, and I'm just a little bit just not convinced, a little bit grossed out by it. And that, that's kind of how I felt about this. But I'm, I'm willing to be convinced, and it does sound like there is... At the core of it, it sounds like there is an important message. Like, even though the aesthetic of this account is kind of ridiculous and maybe invites, like, being made fun of a little bit, it's still getting at something that is meaningful and and helpful in some way to you. Am, am, I, am I getting there a little bit? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean... For one, I'm the kind of person who loves spam, and I think that's just growing up Korean. It's just part of like, <laughs> the culture. Um, yeah. And second of all, yeah, I think it's sort of just like that very online sense of humor where you're like, this doesn't really make sense. And I definitely feel a little bit called out, but also reassured, you know, yeah. like it's chaotic and a little bit nihilist. Um, yeah. And it's kind of just got that like little Dadaist twist that makes it so viral on online. But yeah, I, I guess like that's my, the appeal to me is that it doesn't feel sure it could some could argue it's inauthentic, but it doesn't feel as inauthentic as a lot of, you know, like aestheticizing mental health, you know, like no, you're not looking at this and being like, yes, I can cure my anxiety with a walk outside. You know, you're looking at this and being like, cool, I am not, you know, I am not going crazy. <laughs> Well, and it's certainly better than uh, there's like some aspects of self-help culture where it's like completely ignoring mental health. Like I'm thinking specifically of hustle culture and stuff like that, where it's oh, just yeah. work harder, grind harder, don't listen to what your brain is telling you, you know, just, you know, there's, there's also, it could be a lot worse than this. I think positive affirmations in whatever form they come, I, I think, I think there's definitely some value there. Yeah, totally. And I feel like it doesn't, play into toxic positivity as much as a lot of other, you know, self-help, mental health accounts do. But you said that you do have a love-hate relationship with it. What's what's the the hate side of it? Like what what sort of what are your reservations about affirmations? To be honest, it's mostly my a lot of my friends who follow it will DM things to me and be like, haha, this is you. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> sort of and I mean I do the same thing where like I DM my friends, you know, things that will call them out, you know, you know, sending each other like astrology posts where they kind of just like bully you for the time of year you were born. And, you know, and I kind of just love that, you know, it's like, (laughs) that's a kind of uh, discrimination. I'm against all forms of discrimination, except for astrology, because I don't know. I've been wronged by many a fire sign. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I'm, I'm very not in touch with astrological significance. I'm a Leo. What does that, what does that mean? Is, is there some specific trait that, that I should be, I don't know, aware of some stereotype <laughs> that I should be concerned about? I think uh, Leos are known for being uh, sort of just very over the top, you know? <laughs> yeah, that tracks. <laughs> Which, yeah, not a bad thing. <laughs> I'm a Pisces, so I can't really judge. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have uh, more than 700 DVDs, so I think that, that qualifies as, as over the top. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that was the Instagram account Affirmations, which is spelled with three Fs. We're going to take a quick break now, but we'll be back in a minute with Morgan Sung. Today's show is brought to you by the Patreon page for Follow Friday. 
That is where you need to go to get a bonus follow recommendation after every episode. And the Patreon bonus episode with Morgan Sung will be out on Monday or Tuesday. Here's a little preview of that. So I follow a lot of roller skaters and I was like watching her do like one of these moves I was trying to replicate. And then I found out she's actually also a journalist. And I was just like, that's so cool. Like another journalist who skates. So go to patreon.com slash Friday. You can pledge any amount you want to support the show starting at just $1 a month. No matter how much you pledge, you'll get a shout out on the show and you get the bonus episodes and more. That's patreon.com slash Friday. It's Friday. Welcome back to Follow Friday. Morgan, I asked you to tell me about someone you don't know but want to be friends with, and you said Madeline Pendleton. She's on TikTok at Madeline underscore Pendleton, P-E-N-D-L-E-T-O-N. I watched a few of her videos, and I'm very into this one right away. So explain what Madeline does and why you want to be friends with her. Yeah, so Madeline is a like fashion designer who lives in LA. Um, I found her on TikTok and she's kind of just been described on TikTok as everyone's cool aunt or cool older sister because she's, you know, a little older than like the stereotypical TikTok user. She's like 34, but she's so cool. You know, she she's, you know, like super punk. She is really artsy. She's hella like socialist and like down with a man, but also being like, hey, but also like, I have to make a living wage too. So I'm also, you know, like stuck in this capitalist, you know, machine like the rest of us, but here are the ways I do it ethically. You know, like she, I, I just think she's really cool. You know, she owns um, a clothing brand that I think is just pretty sick. You know, I just think she's cool because she's, you know, yeah, she's like in her thirties, but she doesn't have that mentality of like, oh, you need to settle down. You need to like get your shit together. Although like she does seem like she has her shit together. Um, <laughs> you know, she she's not like, oh, you don't have to confine to corporate culture and like have a natural hair color and not do crazy makeup. And I just like that she, her whole thing is kind of like teaching young people that like, yeah, you can still be like really artsy and super punk well into your thirties. You know, there's no pressure to do the traditional nuclear family thing. Yeah. It seems like, yeah, I mean, as you said, she has has this amazing punk hairstyle. I wrote down in my notes, Mm -hmm. Harley Quinn adjacent hair, Uh, tons of jewelry, very intense eye contact. And yet it seems like a lot of the uh, videos that she's posting, she's giving advice to maybe teens and 20 somethings, kind of people who are really figuring things out and just giving really rock solid advice on adulting, on relationships, on, as you say, on like making a living in the most ethical way you can. Was there a specific, I don't know, a a specific thing that you remember watching of hers that really got you into, that got you hooked? Like, do you, or do you remember like how, you know, what specifically she was talking about when you first uh, discovered her channel? I'm not going to lie. I fully, I like fully learned how to budget from her. She had a whole video series about being young and living in a major city and struggling to save money. And I'm in my mid twenties living in a, in a major city. And her whole thing was like, Hey, like, I think all these budgeting, a lot of budgeting tips are super outdated, like avoiding coffee, you know, or like not buying coffee out, avoiding your avocado toast, not having Netflix, you know, like those are a lot of budgeting things like that are unrealistic. So here are ways to budget instead. And it was all stuff like, you know, splitting your paycheck into multiple accounts and only having like one debit card linked to one account for your spending money. And I was like, that's so smart. The budgeting tips that 
a lot of boomers would have are just don't work in today's world. You know, like there's they're either outdated or super judgy. Exactly. And it's almost like a lot of it has a mentality of like, oh, if you don't make a certain amount of money, you don't deserve a quality of life or like Mm -hmm. you don't deserve a certain living standard. And I really liked that her her approach was like, no, of course you deserve that living standard. Here are ways to work around it or like here are ways to achieve it while still like not having a super high income. And I just like that a lot of her videos don't come off as condescending, even though she's usually like talking to her much younger audience. Yeah, you described her as what, as TikTok's aunt? Or what what was the, how do you describe her? She's kind of like TikTok's cool aunt, TikTok's cool older sister, you know, like not quite like a parental figure, but, you know, she's still sort of like a figure of authority and like advice Mm -hmm. and good mentorship. That kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think what we're not saying is, like, she's very funny. She's got a really, oh, yeah. like, strong personality, really good sense of humor. And, yeah, I think the aunt or cool older sister is a great description because she's kind of, like, you know, she she, she is has the authority of, like, here's how it really is. And, and then she's like, and I'm not going to jerk you around. I'm not going to talk down to you. It's very much, like... I have more author- more authority or credibility on this topic than you do, but you should still listen to me. Like, I'm, I'm still going to talk to you, you know, in, in a real way and, and in a funny way. Yeah. Okay, yeah. When you're mentally ill and you make friends with other mentally ill people, at first you're like, sick. We're all mentally ill. But then eventually you're like, oh, fuck. We're all mentally ill. And the reality is sometimes you're not going to be able to be there for your friends in the way you wish you could. Because you're fucking mentally ill too. And they're not going to know that unless you communicate boundaries. But the good news is, in my experience, other mentally ill people are really great at understanding and respecting boundaries. Especially if they've been heavily therapized. Oh my god, they're going to get it. And if they haven't, they're going to be empathetic probably at least. I also really like that, you know, she talks about her, you know, late teens and, and like 20s as not as like, I think a lot of other, I guess, responsible you know, creators do where they're like, well, I did this and that's why I can live this way. Or like, I like didn't have a social life in my twenties and that's how I owned a house. Um, Mm -hmm. but she's kind of like, Hey, here are all the ways I fucked up (laughs) and uh, (laughs) you can do that too. And here's how I fixed it. Or you can avoid it, you know? And I just, I really like that approach. (laughs) But yeah. So if, if you were like, you know, you had a one-on-one audience with her, you could ask her for advice on something. Well, what would be the thing that you would want to like, as, as a as a person probably in her target audience or some, somewhere in there, like what what would you want advice uh, from her about? I'm gonna be honest. I want to know how she dyes her hair so often without completely nuking it. <laughs> like I'm sure I could ask her. Like I'm sure she has so much knowledge and life experience about like owning a business and like designing clothes and all that. Or even just like she's lived in LA for a really long time and I moved here four years ago, so I'm kind of in a place where I'm mm-hmm. finally settled in. But like I still want to know like what's up with the city. I'm sure she has a lot of advice on that. But I mean, I kind of dyed my hair all through college. I got back into it over the pandemic and started dyeing my hair all over again. And now I'm kind of at a point where it's like, okay, it's been like two years of constantly bleaching and dyeing my hair at home. And I should probably give it a break. But how is Madeline doing it? <laughs> yeah, she, she changes it like all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I just want to know how she, how it's not how she's not balding, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because I definitely had that. Well, I've, I've definitely had like points during the pandemic where I was like dying and bleaching my hair pretty much twice a month and was like, OK, my hair's falling out. This is bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was Madeline Pendleton, who's on TikTok at Madeline underscore Pendleton. It's Friday. 
We have time for one more follow today. Morgan, I asked you for someone who's an expert in a very specific niche that you love, and you said Alexis Nicole, who's on Instagram at Black Forager. Alexis describes herself as a foraging and enviro-sci enthusiast and a vegan food concoctor. So what specifically do you love about her Instagram account? Um, so I found her Instagram account at sort of like the height of TikTok's obsession with cottagecore, mm. which is this aesthetic of like an idealized version of sort of a pastoral lifestyle. It was really huge in like sapphic communities. And it's what it sounds like, like cottagecore is literally just fantasizing about living in some sort of forest cottage. Not to be confused with Goblin Core, which you've also written about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Cottage Core is a feral younger cousin, uh, Goblin Core. <laughs> but yeah, I I remember, at, again, beginning of the pandemic, just being very uh, stressed and depressed and not really doing a great job of taking care of my own mental health and following a whole bunch of these accounts that I was like, this is a really nice lifestyle. You mm-hmm. know, like this is such a delightful escape from what's going on right now. So her whole thing is foraging, which is a very cottage core like thing to do. And she does all these really cool educational videos on, you know, like, hey, here's a mushroom that you can eat. Uh, here's a mushroom that looks like it that you definitely should not eat. Here are like some sprouts that would be great salad toppings. And I also really like that, you know, she doesn't like a lot of her videos for a lot of her videos, like she doesn't necessarily venture deep into some wilderness to forage. She can she doesn't like, you know, in cities in in the suburbs. And I've never tried foraging, <laughs> to be okay. honest. I watched all of her <laughs> videos. I'm obsessed. But I personally am terrified of foraging. Really? Why? Just knowing my luck and knowing my own, like, I guess, arrogance, I would absolutely pick up a leaf and be like, I'm going to make a salad out of these leaves. Um, and then, I don't know, poison myself somehow. (laughs) (laughs) um, Which is unrealistic. She has a lot of amazing videos on like how to avoid doing that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I'm just convinced that I will, I would absolutely poison myself or, you know, giving myself some weird like throat rash. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Well, I saw one of the videos that she made. It was about like twin plants that grow next to each other. And she's like, Mm -hmm. okay, this one is poisonous. This one's delicious. But then she she explains like, here's how to Mm -hmm. tell them apart here. Here's the poisonous one. It produces this like milky substance. If you squeeze it, this one, you just, it doesn't produce anything. So go ahead, go ahead and, you know, throw it into a salad or whatever. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I do appreciate the fact that she is for people like me who also have never dared to try foraging, you know, she is trying to provide some helpful guidance to encourage people to get out there and do it once we get over ourselves a little bit. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think it's so cool. I think it's also fascinating, like, to see plants in their natural habitat. Like, I am a, I think, a pretty avid gardener. Um, I've got, you know, like, a fig tree growing in my LA balcony, and that's Ooh. my pride and joy. I've got houseplants all over the place, and got a little herb garden that I love, but I, it's very self-contained and it's very, you know, I guess. Controlled. Controlled. Yeah, exactly. Versus, and it's like, if, you know, I can look at my herb garden and point out herbs and be like, oh, this stem is from this herb. And like that can go into these foods. But if I were out in the wild, Mm -hmm. I would never be able to pick that out myself. You know, like if it's not in my little balcony garden box, I, I have no idea. So I just like that, you know, she kind of forces me out of my little city mindset and into like a, oh, there's a, there's a garden outside of like the Home Depot garden section, you know? (laughs) When she also brings 
this really like fun energy to the videos, which is not what I was expecting when I saw that she was a forager. You know, she's really again, again really funny. Um, really like does a lot of fun stuff where she's like bringing her phone in closer to her face and then pulling it back out to to have some dynamic zooming going on. Um, I I, th- I think it's like it's really impressive the fact that she's able to communicate all of this while basically doing like live video editing mm-hmm. and it, it, she's making it into a celebration of nature yeah which you know is it, 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 it's not it's not just like here's this outdated thing people used to do for sustenance but like here's something that i that you can tell that she genuinely loves doing this which which is so nice to see yeah like there's just so much joy in all of her videos which you know are mostly educational it really reminds me almost of you know those like discovery kids channels um, yeah like discovery kids shows or like you know like the crocodile hunter show that i grew up on you mm-hmm. know like there's just so much joy in educating about nature and i just i love that energy i think on balance foraging is still safer than wrestling crocodiles <laughs> uh, so <laughs> yeah i think i would realistically do one you know maybe like work over myself up to doing one over the other <laughs> <laughs> but i'm learning a lot either way exactly All right, well, that was Alexis Nicole, who's on Instagram, at Black Forager. Morgan, thank you for sharing these follows with us today. I loved all of them. Uh, Before we go, let's make sure the listeners know how to find you online. Where do you want them to follow you? Um, Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm like Morgan underscore song. um, Or you can find me on Instagram, which is Morgan song, no underscore. Um, I've tried having the same handle and someone on Twitter has Morgan song, no underscore. And someone on Instagram has Morgan underscore song, which is just the most infuriating thing. It's (laughs) so rude. Why why can't they just understand that it'd be so convenient for you? I, uh, you know, (laughs) I know. Like, it's really, really doing a number on my brand. Come on. <laughs> but, yeah, that's how you can follow me. <laughs> well, you follow me on Twitter at HeyHeyESJ and this show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Follow Friday Pod. No competition there. Follow Friday's theme music was written by me and performed by Yona Marie. Our show art was illustrated by Dodie Hermawan. That's all for this week. This is Eric Johnson reminding you to talk about people behind their backs. And when you do, say something nice. See you next Friday.